Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Men will lose the most jobs to robots, and that's okay, by Lori Penny. Robots are coming for our jobs, but not all of our jobs. They're coming in ever increasing numbers for a certain kind of work for farm and factory labor, for construction, for haulage. In other words, blue collar jobs traditionally done by men. This is why automation is so much more than an economic problem. It's a cultural problem, an identity problem, and critically, a gender problem. Millions of men around the world are staring into the lacquered teeth of obsolescence, terrified of losing not only their security, but also their source of meaning and dignity in a world that tells them that if they're not rich, they'd better be doing something quintessentially manly for money. Otherwise, they're about as much use as a wooden couch and four on the freeway. There's hope for mankind, but it'll be a hard sell. The way we respond to automation will depend very much on what we decide it means to be a man or a woman in the awkward adolescence of the 21st century. Some political rhetoric blames outsourcing and immigration for the decline in quote unquote men's work, but automation is a greater threat to these kinds of jobs, and technological progress cannot be stopped at any border. A recent Oxford study predicted that 70% of U.S. construction jobs will disappear in the coming decades. 97% of those jobs are held by men, and so are 95% of the 3.5 million transport and trucking jobs that robots are presently eyeing. That's scary, and it's one reason so many men are expressing their anger and anxiety at home, in the streets, and at the polls. While all of this is going on, though, there's a counter phenomenon playing out. 
As society panics about bricklaying worker droids and self-driving 18-wheelers, jobs traditionally performed by women in the so-called pink-collar industries, as well as unpaid labor, are still relatively safe, and some are even on the rise. These include child care and service and nursing, which the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics predicts will need a million-plus more workers in the next decade. According to the logic of the free market, when jobs are destroyed in one area of the economy, people will shift to new areas of productivity, acquiring new skills as they travel. So you might imagine that factory workers are becoming nannies. Not exactly. That's because we're talking about women's work. That's another quote-unquote there. Women's work is low-paid and low-status, and men are conditioned to expect better. But we've all heard of the gender pay gap. The larger issue is the gender work gap, the fact that women around the world do more work for less pay or no pay at all. One 2016 UN report estimated that if women's unpaid work were assigned a monetary value, it would constitute up to 40% of the global GDP. Technological progress could make this imbalance worse, or it could help us solve the twin crises of labor and care in one go. The problem, as ever, is not one of technology. The problem is with social attitudes, and those can't be updated with the tap of a touchscreen. Whether or not you believe men are about to go the way of the portable CD player depends entirely on how you define manhood itself. A great many men have been trained over countless generations to associate their self-worth with the performance of tasks that are, in a very real sense, robotic, predictable, repetitive, and emotionless. The trouble is that machines are far better at being predictable, repetitive, and emotionless than human beings. What human beings do better are all the other things. We are better at being adaptable, compassionate, and intuitive, better at doing work that involves actually touching and thinking about one another, better at making art and music that elevates us above the animals, better, in short, at keeping each other alive. We have walled off all that work and declared it mostly women's business, even as exhausted women have begged men to join them. Some men have already shown a willingness to think about these issues. In Silicon Valley, the hot topic of the day is universal basic income, proposed by quasi-enlightened VC types and tech CEOs as a way of de-linking work and wages as robots take over more and more jobs. Feminists have, in fact, been arguing for a basic income for decades as compensation for unpaid domestic labor. Now that men might find themselves with more time to perform household tasks, they're finally starting to listen. That's frustrating, but it's also fantastic because it's a first step. Work is work, and as men come to realize that, society as a whole might start valuing pink-collar and unpaid labor more highly. And as men take these jobs and join the call for increased wages, compensating it more fairly. Benefits only multiply. No longer forced to choose between work and family life, more women can remain and thrive in, say, fast-growing STEM fields, increasing the pool of talent and expertise. Automation doesn't have to make men obsolete, not if they're willing to change their mindset. As long as men aspire to be cogs in an outdated machine, robots may well replace them. 
But if they have the courage to imagine different lives of service and dignity, and then demand that those lives be made feasible in terms of both hours and pay, automation can help all of us be more human. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.